these last few weeks of August, we're talking about coming to the table, thinking about the sacrament of communion. And of course, as we saw earlier, we had a baptism today. This excites my church nerd heart very much to talk to you about baptism and communion and how beautiful they are. Yay. Are there meals in your life that you remember with great clarity? Maybe the food. Okay, there's a few things I remember as being the best I've ever had, like really good pizza, Chicago pizza. I like Chicago pizza with like a lot of garlic on top. You know what I'm talking about with the tomato sauce? Okay, I digress. Um, but also meals that you remember because of the people that you were with, the conversation that you had, the way that it felt. Ten years ago, I took a trip to South Korea with uh, some friends from seminary. Uh, it wasn't a vacation or anything. We were there at the World Council of Churches. We were there for almost three weeks and spent most of that time in this giant convention hall, and it was lovely and wonderful to worship with people from all nations and all places and hear the Lord's Prayer said in many languages, but it was a little tiring, and I thought I would see more of South Korea than the convention hall. So lo and behold, on the last night, uh, my friends and I from my seminary, who were part of our group, uh, one of them, her name is June, wonderful soul, she's from South Korea. So she took us, my friend Madison and I, she said, I want you to show you some of Korea. She took us to a Korean spa, which was lovely, and then we went down to the beach, and there were, you know, street food vendors, basically, little, you know, carts and such, and had the most amazing meal, some sort of noodle something, I don't even remember the food so much, as the joy of sitting there with June and my friend Madison, late at night, savoring the beauty of this place, having nothing to worry about except making our plane on time the next day. You have memories like that in your life, times you've been with someone special, and time slowed down. Food maybe was a part of it, but also the people. You know, I was on maternity leave earlier uh, this spring and summer, and many wonderful people brought us food, which was so needed and appreciated. All of them were wonderful, but one particular dish, I don't know, it was just, it made my heart sing. It was just a bowl of fruit salad, but something about that fruit Maybe I was, like, deficient on vitamin C. I don't know. But something about it just reinvigorated my soul. And I think I ate that large Tupperware all by myself. Um, that was a gift. It was the person who brought it, but also the plenty of the earth, the sweetness of God. What about you? Have you had foods or meals, times that you remember? Food, I think, is connected deeply to our memories. 
We eat three or more times a day, hopefully. We eat often as we can. It's a big part of our lives. We spend a lot of minutes preparing food, making food, gathering around food. Food connects us to our families, our friends, our communities. Jesus was a big fan of food, too, and of feeding people. We hear in the Gospels, as we did last week, about how he fed the multitudes with just a little bread and a little fish. And, of course, the scriptures we heard today recall Jesus' last meal with his disciples and telling them to remember him by eating bread and drinking wine. Now, in the Corinthians reading, Paul has some words for them. If we were to look uh, wider at the whole letter, first letter to the Corinthians, uh, Paul has a lot to say to these Corinthians. He's not uh, very fond of their worship practices. They have a lot of drama, and he's trying to sort them out. Chief among their problems is that of division. And what we heard in that reading is they're having some problems with their mealtime. So in the early church, they were house churches, right? And the people would come together, and we can infer from this reading that they would have a regular meal, and at the end of the meal, they would have the Lord's Supper of bread and wine. Now in this meal, as you heard, things weren't going so well. People were eating more than they should have. The rich people who didn't have to work as much were able to get there early and eat the food. The poor people who came later from their work were left with crumbs. People were getting drunk and not caring for each other. All of this was standard in their society. You see, there were class divisions where rich and poor did not eat together. It was normal that they would be separate. But Paul's point is that what is normal is not always what we should be reflecting as God's people. If the Lord's Supper, if communion is a time to remember what Jesus has done for us and how Jesus brings us together, if immediately before that, you're acting like none of that is true, then maybe the reality of it hasn't sunk in. See what I'm saying? Their practice of this dinner where they are separate, where they're not caring for one another across class lines, where they're not representing God's big united family, kind of makes a mockery of what they're saying in the Lord's Supper. One bread, one body, we sing. In God's family, we are all part of the household. There are no divisions, neither slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, rich, poor, etc., etc. All the divisions that they knew in their society and that we knew, we know in ours, are erased by Christ Jesus. At the table, we are one. And so we are called to reflect that. Our practice of communion pulls us to see with God's eyes. We don't just take communion for ourselves, but the idea is that as we take in Christ's 
body, we reflect God's love to the world by tearing down division and by connecting with others across all lines of division. Okay, now I get to talk about baptism too. My other favorite thing, baptism symbolizes many of the same things. I hope you heard it earlier that we are including Oliver in God's family. Baptism represents the adoption that God pulls us into. We are connected. We are made for connection. We are made to be family. We are family. But we are often like the Corinthians and not living it out. We have walls around us of isolation. I think there are plenty of people that we can think of who really do love division and argument. And maybe that's not us. But there are all kinds of other ways that we stay separate from each other. Out of fear or awkwardness of connecting with someone new. I'm guilty of that all the time. Just feeling busy. It's hard to connect with other people when we're running around 90 miles an hour. Also guilty of that. But God has made us one and God calls us to more. God actually gifts us more. Our connection in the water and in the bread and the cup give us so much more than we could ever imagine. Family, all of you are family. Could we all call on one another at two o'clock in the morning in an emergency? I hope that we would feel that we could, but have we gotten to that place where we have those bonds with one another? Do we limit ourselves? Again, guilty. So to live out our baptism, to live our connection to God at the table is, as the title of the sermon was, to share meals. Literally, share meals. That's a great way to connect with others and find hospitality. But it's also about welcoming. What small ways can we welcome and reach out and connect to others? We have, uh, you might have seen it on our way in, a new worship cart with worship aids for both kids and uh, anybody of any age who likes to have something in their hands during worship while they're listening. We welcome kids here, just as kids are. They make noises. And praise God for that. Yes, amen. Praise God for that, because if they weren't making noises, well, that would be sad. We welcome kids. We welcome each other. We try and make things accessible. We have started using gluten-free bread at communion to include those who have gluten allergies or intolerances. The last one we had was really good. I think it was gluten-free Hawaiian bread. It was great. We include others. It takes work. And sometimes it feels like welcoming others and welcoming just one person makes no difference, but it does to that person. 
I was at our library the other day and with Lydia and Leah, both my girls, and Leah, Lydia had gotten, I keep mixing their names up, anyway, Lydia had gotten this big stack of all the Peppa Pig books that existed in the library. Uh, I had some books that I was getting for us for church, and it was a big stack of books, and Leah's in her car seat asleep, uh, and they're doing renovations at the library, by the way. So half of the children's collection was in other places in the library. So I'm asking, you know, the clerk where I can find this one book. And she says, oh, it's across the library. Our library is not huge, but still I was like, I don't want to walk over there with all these books and the stroller and come back. I didn't say that, but uh, the clerk must have known because she said, oh, you've got all this stuff. Let me, let me go get it for you. And she did. Such a small, tiny thing. And, you know, probably what you should do for good customer service if you know, like, you're doing your job. But, but, what an act, even the tiniest act of seeing me and seeing what I needed and just meeting me in that. Those meals that you remember that have made a difference in your life. Who were those people that were there? What are the times that someone has seen you and met you in your need, welcomed you, gathered you, embraced you? Our call as we remember our baptism, as we gather around the table, is to be the people of bread and water. For that is what we are, family united in God's love. So this week, I invite you and encourage you to think of how and look for ways to share, to connect, to seek connection, to welcome someone. Whatever tiny thing you can do matters immensely and reflects God's love and welcome out into the world. Let us be those people. Let us share that love. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to the First Presbyterian Church podcast. We are First Presbyterian in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and we are glad that you are here listening with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, we hope that your day will be blessed and may the peace of Christ be with you.